Hello and welcome to End Focus, coming to you this week from the Petal Isles in the Flower Kingdom. I'm your host, Hilka, and joining me, as always, is Rosalie. How are you doing today? It is very cold. It is, yes. I'm currently wrapped up in an electric blanket that I got for my birthday, and I don't know what I would do without it. Just now, my best friend, I am one with the electric blanket. I'm like a snail. (laughs) Without the shell, it's an electric blanket. How are you? I'm good. Uh, If I sound a little raspy on the recording today, it's because... Uh, I sneezed about uh, half an hour ago, and my sneezes are so powerful that they affect my voice, (laughs) which is like the worst superpower in the world. Like it's, it's one of those, like, I I have asked a doctor about this and they're like, huh, that's weird. And then didn't follow up on it at all. (laughs) But like, I've had sneezes where like my, my arms get tingly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there it's like very strange. that old myth that someone could sneeze so hard their eye could pop out? You know, I thought that was a myth, but uh, oh no! I mean, it hasn't happened to me, but like I can believe it. Yeah, based on yeah. how hard I sneeze. I have no good segue into the topics for today <laughs> um, from sneezing. Oh, I got one. Um, boy, the world of Nintendo did. No, I'm to sneeze a lot of news on our faces. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I I realized that as I was saying it, but at that point I was committed. Um but yeah, there was an Indie World showcase on the 14th, which we will be covering Mm -hmm. every announcement of. But first, we have one other little news story to talk about, and that is new games coming to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion, Whatchamahoozie, because they're for the Nintendo 64. Yeah. The first of these is Jet Force Gemini. And the other one is GoldenEye 007, both coming to the Nintendo Switch on November 30th, which is very soon from our recording day. Yeah. Have you... I mean, I assume you've played GoldenEye. Yeah. (laughs) Most people who had an N64 did. Even I did, and I didn't even have that many N64 games. Yeah, it feels... It would feel weird to have an N64 without GoldenEye. Yeah. Um I did also play Jet Force Gemini though. I I have not um, at all. It's one of those I had a friend in high school and it was like one of their favorite games of all time. Um although it was like the GameCube had already come out then so they were just still playing it cuz they loved it that much. Um it's very weird but it's kind of it's kind of cool that it's weird. It's kind it, it reminds me of um mischief makers on the n64 where it's like one of those ones where if you hear someone like say they've played i'm like oh cool <laughs> one of the more unusual n64 games Um there's like bit scary killer bugs in it and the characters have really weird kind of early anime eyes um that's mainly what i remember because <laughs> like was there jet force turbo i think it was called for like the ds or the 3ds 
Oh, I didn't know there was a sequel if there was. I feel like I remember something along those lines. Um, I could be misremembering. We have the power of the internet. We do. It is a rare game. Um, so it's like, oh, it's like a double rare whammy with GoldenEye as well. Ah, yes. I was going to ask, uh, do you mean rare as in hard to find or rare as in rare way? <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. of course. Uh, <laughs> I always think it's funny. Um, I guess this is really obvious, but I've kind of thought about it more the older I've got. That especially in the N64 era and the SNES era, that a lot of like the best Nintendo games, we think like, oh, they were developed in Japan. And it's like, no, they were all developed in England. <laughs> yeah. Because like, even like, if you look at the SNES era, you got Donkey Kong Country and the original... Um, Star Fox, they're all made by English developers and it's like, oh, oh yeah. I wonder if like the majority of my favorite Nintendo games aren't actually made by Japanese developers. Kind of interesting. Uh, but Rare were quite, you know, they're cool. I um can't immediately find anything about a sequel, so it's possible that I conjured it with the power of my imagination. Could it be like um one of those lost media things where it was started but they never like released it? Maybe. It's possible. I can't immediately find anything along those lines on the Wikipedia page for it. Wow. But yeah, so especially like I'm I'm reading that like it is very well regarded at least even at the time Jet mm-hmm. Force Gemini like 9 out of 10 from Edge uh, 8.8 from GameSpot 8.1 out of 10 from IGN like these are very good reviews 9 out of 10 from Nintendo Power 1.5 out of 4 stars from the Cincinnati Inquirer <laughs> that's so random I do remember remember it being really hard uh, I don't think I ever finished it so maybe that's why maybe they just were rage quit I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but hey now you have another opportunity or at least you yes. will in a couple days when it comes out hey yeah that is what I should prioritize playing next actually there you go uh, and you know we all know Goldeneye yeah. like, like I said it's very famous game I was the like okay here, here's a little, very short story from my adolescence um, every at my at the school I went to for middle school we would have like a party like organized by the school mm-hmm. once a month huh. and the school had some like Nintendo 64s and we would like go to the school and we'd get to be in the teacher's lounge and we'd all just be there playing like GoldenEye and Smash Bros mostly and I like this was all like the GameCube was already like a couple years into its life cycle at this point Mm -hmm. so um, I was like very well liked at those parties because I had extra N64 cables I could bring 
to <laughs> hook up more N64s <laughs> so more people could play Goldeneye. Uh, I love that because that's such a thing. Like, like I remember I had the multi-tap for the PS1 and I always had to bring it over. Or the, um, the old link cables for the Game Boy Color as well. <laughs> yeah. Back in our days. <laughs> No, I, I, I love GoldenEye. There was a previous episode of this very podcast where the debate was that people only like it because nostalgia. And um, I advocated very hard for actually still enjoying it, but I don't think people believe me. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also somebody that thinks Ocarina of Time is one of the best games of all time. Yeah, I just, I, I just like the N64 era. Not to get too deep in the weeds on this debate, um, I, I, I'm just going to say that like when you're looking at things like that, I think it's tempting to compare them to more modern games that have the benefits of more iterative design and better mm-hmm. technology. Yeah. And it's very important to look at them in the context of what it was like when they were released. Mm-hmm. Like, I personally think, for example, that Super Mario 64, I don't enjoy that game very much. Um, that's mostly just because I don't really like the way it feels to play. Like, the controls feel very... They feel like you're kind of, like, wading through water a little bit to me. Mm. But, like, that was one of the first games ever that was, like... That had to figure out how to do a player-controlled camera in a 3D video game. Yeah. So, you know, I personally don't enjoy it, but I am going to cut it a lot of slack for being very important to, like, the medium as a whole. Yeah, it's all contextual, isn't it? Yeah. And, like, if you're going to compare, you know, the way the shooting feels in GoldenEye to, like, I don't know, like, Borderlands 3 or, like, the newest... (laughs) Call of Duty, like, what are you doing? That's so unfair of a comparison. Yeah. Like, obviously it's going to feel better, and it also has the benefit of having a controller that doesn't have three things to hold on to. But, like, again, they they created the multiplayer for GoldenEye in, like, a week or something, right? Yeah. So there, it, and they didn't have the benefit of being able to patch it later. For for the time and for the technology, that game is amazing. Yeah. Anyway, that's my piece <laughs> on uh, that kind of debate. Maybe if they ever release a um, N sixty four mini, we can <laughs> keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that comes out one day. But anyway. Yes. Uh, because, boy, do we have a lot of other things to cover about the Indie World Showcase. Um, my first question about it is, did you watch it live? Because I did not. Um, I caught it a quarter of the way through. Because um, I totally forgot it was happening. Because it was one of those, oh, by the way, tomorrow we got this. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But then I went and rewatched it from the start because um, it's it's not one of the longest ones. So I was like, "Phew, that's all good." It was like twenty one minutes. Yeah. Um, I I I kind of want to say a little bit of a piece about this one before we start covering the announcements. Um, mm-hmm. I also I I didn't watch it live at all. I watched it like a week later. I don't mean to be too mean to the hosts. Oh, <laughs> I think but I know where you're going. The like extremely forced chipperness made it quite difficult to watch for me. Yeah, I don't like. I, I don't like being negative towards what I assume is voice actors, but they might be. They might actually be presenters rather than specifically voice actors, but. Personally, they're not. I don't like how. I don't like how they sound, but it could be a direction thing. Like it, I understand that, especially like most of the games that they um, covered here were more or less family friendly. So I understand that they'd maybe want to sort of cast a wide net in terms of audience, mm. but like. I felt like they were talking to me as if I was a child. <laughs> so yeah. it, it took it took me about an hour and a half to watch this twenty one minute um, presentation. I was also like pausing to write down notes. Mm-hmm. That was definitely part of it as well. But wow, I could not watch that all in one go. And <laughs> I I am one hundred percent willing to believe that this is a direction thing, yeah. like you said. It usually that, is. That they they told them like you have to sound really upbeat and excited about literally everything and they're like Okay, do we have time to rehearse and make it sound natural? No. Oh no. Yeah, it has like an uncanny valley vibe to it. It's just, it's the way everything's quite slow. Like, if they're talking, it, like, not in this one because it's an indie one, but if they were talking about Pokemon, it's like, watch out, there's Pikachu. Oh, and it's like, it's like Dora the Explorer. It is. <laughs> it's yeah. like, please, no. <laughs> so, so I want to be clear. I'm not disrespecting the, the actual presenters here. I, mm-hmm. I 100% believe that this is just a direction thing and. They didn't have enough time to refine the performance. But as a someone who's never watched one of these before, especially, it was challenging. <laughs> so if some of my notes are a little lacking, uh, that's also part of the reason. So they announced, oh boy, did they announce a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one they announced was Shantae Advance Risky Revolution. Um, this is a previously unfinished Game Boy Advance game that they made a demo for and then never finished. And then they brought in a whole bunch of the original team to finally finish this game. And it's coming to Switch in 2024 and also other major systems. And it's even getting a release by limited run games on an actual Game Boy Advanced cartridge, which is wild. 
That's that's something I, I've noticed a lot of recently. Like, obviously, vinyl's pretty big. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I buy a lot of music on Bandcamp for however long I'm still able to. <laughs> mm. um, and I've listened to a surprising number of Bandcamp uh, albums where one of the things you can buy is the album on cassette tape. Yep. Which, it it confuses me, because I remember cassette tapes. They were kind of a pain in the butt. I think it's, it's, it's partly more like a, like a merchandise thing. I think specifically with, like, music... You don't tend to get, like, figures. Well, you can. Depressingly, there's a Kurt Cobain fungal pop, but I pretend that doesn't exist because it's depressing. Um, so it's, I think it's more like, because tapes for, are like a tangible physical thing, and there's like a want to be able to hold a piece of music in your hands. I think there must there will be people who prefer the sound of um, cassette audio out there. Um... I like there is like an argument that like vinyl specifically does sound better than like MP3s, um. So that has it going for it. But yeah, you can get the one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. I don't know if it's Shredder's Revenge or like the collection that they did. You can get the soundtrack to that on tape, and I think it's also limited running games, <laughs> um, which I really want to pick up. I don't think I have a Walkman though. <laughs> The only Walkman I ever... I mean, I didn't even own it. It was my brother's. But that was already one of the CD Walkmans. Oh. I had to take one. I, like... I have used cassette tapes, but mostly mm-hmm. just, like, in the car, you know? Yeah. Sitting in the front seat, and I, and I get to choose one of the cassette tapes that we listen to while we drive. <laughs> I actually still have... Um, one and it just so happens to be the Aladdin soundtrack <laughs> oh wow and I don't know why this is the one that managed to like survive time but I think that's kind of funny um, yeah I, I love that there because there was a company who brought out a game on the Dreamcast like a year ago and I, I love that this is cool <laughs> it will end up becoming resold um, like the Shanty Game Boy Advance game and we'll get resold and it'll be like £2,000 or something because that is a problem (sighs) with these things but it is cool because it means people like you could have a technically finished collection I guess yeah but yeah that's coming in in 2024 we don't have more information beyond 2024 Uh, we'll be saying that a lot throughout this presentation (laughs) but uh, yeah it Looks really exciting. I've never played any of the Shantae games, and it looks fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Next, we have Core Keeper. Hey, hey, Rosalie. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this genre called farming simulators? No, I, 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 I don't think I have. Please, please enlighten me. Well, okay, so you, you you make your own character, and then you get to grow crops and build buildings and mm. raise animals, and 
<sighs> that seems to be something I would put in far too many hours into. <laughs> <laughs> so th- there, there is more to it than that in Core Keeper. Uh, there is a significant RPG element as well. Uh, there's multiplayer up to eight players. Uh, there's like biomes to explore. There's bosses to fight. There is like an actual combat system that looks to be a lot more involved than the one in Stardew Valley. Uh, and the biomes are procedurally generated. So I assume that means that every time you start a new file, the biomes are going to look different. But yeah, um, there's some aspect of like finding out what's going on in this world because the presentation made it seem like sort of an isekai kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But I don't know much more beyond that. That's coming in the summer of 2024. Uh, I, I've said my piece on this. We have enough farming sims. I think. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this one has more than just farming. You know, there is a whole RPG attached to this. But I do sort of like, I did roll my eyes a couple times with this presentation. I was like, ah, another one. Yeah, there was like a period of time where all indie games were like platformers, and now it's like they're all farming sims. They're not really. That was hyperbole, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Next, we had On Your Tail. It's a life sim inspired by the holidays by the Italian coast that the developers would have as children. They are Italian. Um, And there's also a mystery-solving element where you collect clues uh, that get turned into little cards, and then when you're in certain scenes, you can play the cards in the correct order to find out what you think happened. And then there's some sort of masked... Menace is the word I think they used. Um, who's causing shenanigans. And the mystery is finding out what's going on over there. The characters are all anthropomorphized animals. Furries. Um, but I love furries. Yeah. <laughs> the character designs were were very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one this one kind of intrigued me because I, I've said before on the podcast that I, I quite like like mystery solving mm-hmm. games. Still haven't picked up Detective Pikachu, but you know, <laughs> soon. Uh, so yeah, this one uh, really intrigued me and I loved the visual design of like that Italian inspired small town by the coast. I yeah. love that kind of architecture. Yeah, my um, partner grew up somewhere very similar because his dad was in the RAF. Uh, my partner is not Italian. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if your family's in the RAF, you have to move around a lot. Um, so I'm kinda, I like things that are based on that because it's like getting to see a bit of what he experienced being like in a little Italian um, coastal town. So I, I am also... Um, digging this game, I have to say. Uh, it's going to be a timed console exclusive for the Switch. We didn't 
learn how long that time period is going to be. And all we know is it's coming sometime in 2024. Mm-hmm. Next, we got Howl. Mm. It's a turn-based tactical RPG about a deaf prophet who's tried to stop a plague of some kind that spreads through sound. Like, it turns them into wolves and then they howl. It turns people into wolves and then they howl. And other people hear that howl and they get turned into wolves. And the player character is immune because they're deaf. Uh, this was another one where the visual style was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It was like ink. Like living ink is, I think, how they described it. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Wolf Walkers? No. It's by an Irish animation studio whose oh. name escapes me now. Well, because I was about to say that the art style reminded me of um, Song of the Sea and Secret of Kellis. That's the same studio. <laughs> it is. Um, I always forget the name as well, though. Cartoon Saloon? Is that the one? I think so. In any case, uh, yeah, I, 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 I have seen those two as well, but I signaled out Wolfwalkers because wolves. Um, but yeah, I'm not super into the like tactical art, like the grid-based tactical RPG kind of games. Mm-hmm. I do like that this one makes it clear that you have to really think ahead for this, like a couple moves ahead. I think that's going to present a good amount of challenge for people who are into that. Um, and the best way to find out if you're into that is it has a demo that's already out as is the game it came out right after the presentation but yeah this is this one's gorgeous looks very interesting next is the star named eos it's a narrative puzzle game about photography and I believe I took the, this phrase straight from the presentation, and the memories they contain, uh, where you use photos to solve puzzles to find about the main character's mother's absence. This one was Chinese, if memory serves. Yes, or Taiwanese? It's possible, yes. Should have looked into that, but <laughs> I didn't. Um, I... I love photography. I've done a lot of photography. Uh, here's a fun fact for you. I was the main photographer for my brother's wedding. The uh, photo book that we had made is like 90% my photos. Oh. And I do think that like taking photos and the memories that those photos contain is something that really speaks to me so I'm quite interested in this one uh, how do you feel about it yeah um, this is one that I actually showed my mother-in-law because it had that kind of like a, like an escape room kind of aesthetic where you're like solving lots of puzzles and things Um it looked very sweet um, and I also liked the photography thing because that's um, my 
other-in-law, my father-in-law is a photographer, and so is my partner. So there's a lot of photography here. Um, there's cameras nice. all over my house. Um, yeah, it looks really lovely. Um, this is def this is one of the ones that stood out the most to me, um, for sure. And I just realized I forgot to write down the release date. <laughs> uh, oh, good. Uh, Steam says it's, quote, coming soon. Spring 2024. There we go. Spring 2024. So that's pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, next is Backpack Hero. Uh, it's a roguelike deck builder, which uses the, like, Resident Evil-style, like, grid-based inventory management for its combat. Which is kind of a cool idea if you like the kind of grid-based inventory management. I... That sounds like hell to me, personally. <laughs> it is one of my least favorite things in games. Is like doing Tetris in your inventory, but using that for more like mechanical things than just wasting my time trying to find <laughs> like, can I fit this like three square thing in here somewhere if I rearrange literally everything? Um, sounds cool if you like that kind of thing. Do you like that kind of thing? I do. Although when I was watching. The like reveal video. I was like, this looks really hard. <laughs> um, but I do like the um, I like messing about in Resident Evil Four when you're trying to make fit in a first aid spray and all sorts. So, um, this is one I definitely want to check out. But whether or not I'll actually finish it is another story. <laughs> well, then I have good news because it's already out. It oh. also came out right after the showcase, like Howl did. I missed that. Ooh. Uh, next, we have Blade Chimera. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. It's an action platformer where you have a sword that's also a demon. Um, and you can use that sword to manipulate, like, the states of objects in time. So one example that they gave was, like, there used to be a staircase here, which has now since crumbled. And you can use your sword to turn that back into a staircase to progress and do more platforming. The way the character moves and the general art style, it looks very Castlevania, specifically like Symphony of the Night or mm -hmm. Dawn of... S no, not Dawn of Sorrow. Uh, what's the one where you have like big things floating behind you? Um, Rondo of Blood? No. The one on DS. With the grey-haired guy. Yes. Yeah, I don't remember his name. <laughs> or the... There's so many Castlevanias. Yeah, those two. There were two, because there was one and then there was a sequel. But yeah, uh, the way that, like, there's, like, a trail of animation frames behind your character and they the way they move is very Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Uh, Even the like level up like effect, it, it was just identical. <laughs> yeah. Which, 
Symphony of the Night is one of my favorite games, but I was like, hmm, this, this seems like clone territory, so I was a bit hesitant. Maybe wearing its influences on its sleeve a little too much. Yeah. It is notable that it is, at least the setting is very different. It's like a future sci-fi setting. Mm-hmm. So you can do some interesting things with the gameplay there, potentially. Uh, I might pick this up, but uh, I'm sort of on the fence about it. Uh, and I'll have some time to think about it because it's coming out in the spring of 2024. <laughs> so, uh, Rosalie, mm. <laughs> there are some amongst us who may have heard once or twice that you are from Scotland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's come up occasionally. Or should I say, I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I bring this up because our next game is A Highland Song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is about exploring the highlands of Scotland in a narrative platformer. There's a couple of rhythm elements, like uh, in the traversal it looked like, going from one place to another, and there was like a little rhythm game segments. Uh, and it's scored by Scottish folk music, which is extremely my jam. <laughs> uh, I will say, in fairness, I have a lot more experience with Irish folk music. I haven't actually gone into Scottish folk music that much, mm. but I do really like the sound of everything I heard in the trailer. Yeah, I... I, I grew up learning the violin so I'm too familiar with Scottish folk music because <laughs> that's all you learn <laughs> but yeah this this one actually surprised me in the sense that it's coming out December 5th which is very soon yeah this isn't the first time it's been like revealed though ah I didn't know that yeah um, I've known about it for a while because the that their marketing has been pretty decent although it could also be the fact that I you know likely follow a lot of Scottish people on social media so um yeah well because um somebody they were looking for the voice actor and somebody like sent it to me and I was like I cannot voice a child but appreciate it <laughs> appreciate the thought um well I think I think she's a child in it I think she's a little bit older uh but yeah, this looks really cool. It's a bit weird that it's I I don't the developers aren't Scottish, they're English. And so I think the the lead writer was Scottish if okay. memory serves cuz like the 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 like director, I think cuz they they had little like interview segments mm-hmm. for some of these. And I think it was the director or like the studio head or something, he was definitely English, but I I think the lead writer was Scottish. Yeah. Which is obviously fine. Just sometimes, like, if something is very, like, about a specific culture, then I usually prefer it being as authentic as possible. But I they, I guess the music and things and that kind of makes up for it. I'm always a bit hesitant, basically. But judging from, like, um, I've seen clips of the character speaking, because if you, like, hurt yourself, because you're climbing up all these mountains and things, which we have a lot of, um, <laughs> um, she, like, swears and says really funny Scots words. And I was like, hmm, 
Yeah, whoever wrote her lines is definitely Scottish. Because it wasn't like, oh, there's a game that, I can't remember what it was, but a character was meant to be Scottish and all that was that they said the word lassie every once in a while. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's oh, not God. how people speak. Um I am I am I, I am intrigued by this. Um I'll probably really like it. Um any any time there's nice rep is good because there's like there's a game on the Switch it's called like Clans or something and it's just like big burly men in kilts and I'm like no. <laughs> How about no? But this looks really lovely. Um and hey if it like people buy it and they end up actually wanting to come over here and climb mountains the Craig and Derek is one of my favourites, and it's in Ballater up north. Highly recommend climbing it. Um, yeah, might bring in some tourism. That'd be nice. <laughs> one more thing that I wanted to mention about the game, which I saw that I didn't put in my notes, but am mm-hmm. now remembering, is there is sort of a branching narrative, I think, to this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, who you talk to and in what order can influence the outcome of later scenes. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like I I hate to use this term because it does have negative connotations, but it is not just a walking sim where yes. you walk from cutscene to cutscene and the story is linear. Yeah. So that's quite interesting, and I I, I really like the look of this. I I don't know if I like the gameplay per se, but just the aesthetics of it are just wonderful yeah i'll in fact i will make an effort to pick this up because maybe i could have a nuanced look being from scotland (laughs) um but yeah it looks lovely i am apologies for the brief uh side tangent Mm -hmm. i'm now trying to think of like if I can think of examples of the Dutch being represented in video games. Oh, yeah. Examples I can think of at the top of off the top of my head are uh, we are a playable civilization in Age of Empires 3. <laughs> uh, and what I do like about that is that there's like little voice lines when you click on your units and they do actually speak Dutch. Like when you send your villager to go chop wood, he says, how talking, which is chopping wood in Dutch. Ah, oh, I love that. Uh, there's Cross of the Dutchman, a game, an indie game by Triangle Studios about a folk hero of the former kingdom, now province of Friesland, Frisia. By the name of Greta Peer, who uh, he was like a farmer originally, who basically gathered a group of farmer rebels to fight against occupation by either the English or the Spanish. I'm gonna say Spanish. It could even be the French. Good God. Um, but the point is, his name is Grutta Pier. Grutta, in this case, meaning, meaning very big in Frisian. Um, we do supposedly have his actual, like, sword in the Frisch Museum in Leeuwarden. 
His sword is longer than I am tall. <laughs> wow. And I'm 185 centimeters <laughs> tall. And his sword was apparently about as long as he was tall. Hence the Gretapir name. Uh-huh. And then there's... Uh, I encountered a Frisian character in Assassin's Creed Valhalla recently. Ah, of course. That's about all I can remember. Hey, if you know of any video games with Dutch representation, hit me up. I'd love to know about them. Well, I was just quickly looking it up. Apparently there's an Overwatch character who's Dutch called Sigma. Sigma, yeah. And a minor character in Pokemon Black and White um, called Rude, which I'm, which oh. is the word for red. Uh, is it spelled R-U-U-D? They've spelled it wrong. <laughs> but I imagine that's what they meant. <laughs> how, how is it spelled? Uh, R-O-O-D. <laughs> R-O-O-D? What the heck? Uh, yeah. It could be a, yeah, a misspelling of root. R-U-U-D. Uh. Um, because, oh, no, wait, yeah. R-O-O-D, that's just red. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. Root. But root is, the, the confusion is, Root is just a relatively normal first name we have here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, Root is red. But yeah, we're a, we're a very small country. <laughs> Though we do have guerrilla games here. You know, the people behind uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Killzone. Oh yeah, of course. And we had Flambeer for a while. Um Super Crate Box, Nuclear Throne, Ridiculous Fishing, uh-huh. Luftrausers. Yeah, we have some amount of... And Triangle Studios, they're Dutch as well. Oh. Um, they made Cross of the Dutchman, and recently they came from space. Yeah. A recent addition to Game, pa- Game Pass. And Rage Squid as well. They did um, Descenders... A sort of mountain biking game and before that action hank <laughs> a speed running game where you play as little action figures i remember that yeah it's very cool anyway uh that tangent was longer than i was expecting it to be <laughs> uh next we're gonna go to moonstone island which wow Even when I was writing the notes, I was like, this has, like, the most statements before the actual, like, this is, like, the longest noun phrase I've seen. (laughs) Uh, Because it is a (gasps) creature-collecting, dungeon-crawling, deck-building life sim with 100 procedurally generated islands... Uh, and it's a timed console exclusive for Switch that releases in the spring of 2024. Mm. But yeah, it has a lot of gameplay descriptions 
Will any, will any of them be any good? We'll have to wait until the spring. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, uh, Death Trick Double Blind. This was the Chinese one, actually, that I was thinking of earlier. This one really intrigued me. It's it's a detective visual novel. It's set in a circus, uh, and you have to find out what happened at the circus. And you switch between two characters, one who's sort of like a down-on-the-luck detective and one who actually works at the circus. And I love the cool, like, retro, um, like, Guillermo del Toro, Pinocchio kind of papercraft art style. Mm -hmm. I think it looks really good. Did you see that movie at all? Uh, As a point of reference? Yes. I love del Toro. Weirdly enough, he was actually in Scotland recently. Or is still. (laughs) Um, But yes. Um, I like the art style as well, actually. Uh, the demo's already out. It came out after the um, showcase and another Time Console exclusive somewhere in 2024. Next, we have Outer Wilds Archaeologist Edition. Now, this is a game that has already been announced, uh, released on other systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's coming to Switch on December 7th. It includes the Echoes of the Eye expansion. And it's getting a physical edition from, I believe, limited run games again <laughs> um, sometime next year. I have not played this game. I think it's very, very interesting and very cool mm-hmm. looking. But the sort of like time limit on it is one of those things that really stresses me out. I would, I would agree, but also Majora's Mask is one of my favorite ga- games of all time. So I'm a hypocrite, but um, yeah, I've not, I've not checked out either. I've watched people play bits of it. It's interesting. I think that I am hardly the first person who's brought this up, but. I think it suffered a bit from coming out within like two weeks of the Outer Worlds. Yeah, I always get them confused. Yeah, One which is... is a pity because I think this game does look very interesting. Yeah, this this is the timey wimey one, and the other one's like the one that's meant to be like Fallout. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I also wanted to check. <laughs> that one is already on Switch, I believe. Ah. Oh came out er, earlier this year maybe last year i confess i was thinking about things that were like oh yeah that was earlier this year right and then oh yeah i was thinking about an album that was like oh yeah that came out this year right no it came out in like march of 2022 yeah although that Uh, because of the because of the pan ed like the last few years have just like molded into one so that's totally understandable (laughs) yeah all right, uh, and then at right at the end of the uh, presentation, there was a lightning round of like little mini teasers, which we got basically no information on aside from it's happening. Here's a release date. Moving on. <laughs> so uh, let me see if I can get this all in one go. <gasps> Planet of Lana, spring twenty twenty four. 
Enjoy the Diner, it's already out. Heavenly Bodies, February of 2024. The Gecko Gods, Spring 2024. Passepartout 2, The Lost Artist, already out. Damn it. Urban Myth Dissolution Center, Summer <laughs> in 2024. And golly, here's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah. Braid, Anniversary Edition, April 30th, 2024. Not to get too political on this here podcast, but... You don't need to give Jonathan Blow any more money. No, I was about to say exactly the same thing. <laughs> Spoiler is it's about nuclear war or something, but it's not. But it is. <laughs> also, The Witness wasn't very good. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. It's quite funny because, like, um, I've. I think a lot of. People have vividly have like the time where like Braid and Fez like were a thing and indie game the movie and um, when this got announced, um, someone at my work who's younger than me was like, "Oh, I've never heard of, heard of Braid before. What is it?" <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, that must be nice to not have that in your like memory bank." <laughs> the march of time goes ever forward yeah and then they were like saying oh it's like why why does it look so weird and i was like yes this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) um yeah lots and lots of games yeah they got a lot of uh, real uh, audio real estate and visual real estate out of 21 minutes here yeah um a lot of these looked really really interesting and I'm excited to see how they're received when they come out. Yeah. I think my sort of apologies to maybe put you on the spot a little bit here. Mm-hmm. But my top three are probably not necessarily in this order. Um, Highland Song, The Star Named Eos, and probably Death Trick Double Blind. Uh-huh. As far as the ones I'm excited for the most. Uh, mine's would probably be, be Highland Song for third. Second would be... Mm. Oh, maybe On Your Tail, because I like furry characters. <laughs> Secret furry identified. It's me all along. Um, and how will Ain't we... nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, Hell no, furries are cool. Um, Havel will be number one because I really like the art style and it reminds me of Final Fantasy Tactics, which I also like. Nice. But yeah, um, that's it for news stories uh, this week. There was quite a lot to talk about even with that. But there is something that we wanted to talk about even more, uh, which is a recently released Nintendo game called Super Mario Wonder. If you're a regular listener of our sister show, um, Game Podular Unfocused, you'll know that the host of that show, Scott, already played it. He finished it like the weekend it came out, which (laughs) is still just absurd to me. Um, but 
we're going to go a little more in-depth into it now because you have finished it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I'm i going to take a shot in the dark, say, about halfway through. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've done... I think I have four royal seeds. Yeah. Um... So, yes, Super Mario Wonder, it was very highly anticipated when it was announced. A lot of people were over the moon, myself included. And because I, I think I've told this story before, but like I wasn't a Mario fan until Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And then since Odyssey, I've been like, I gotta I gotta play more of these. So I played Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS a bunch. Uh and really enjoyed that. And then I picked up Wonder as soon as I could. And I've mostly been enjoying it. So wait a minute, what's your history with 2D Mario then? Uh there isn't much of it, oh. to be honest. Wow. Um I've played little bits of, like, you know, I've tried the, the very first, like, Super Mario Bros. Yeah. Um, I would, like, occasionally borrow Mario games on, like, the GBA from friends and mm. family, and I don't exactly remember which those were. There one were... of them was the one where the cape was introduced. Yeah, so there was ports of the... Um, Mario Brothers 3 which is likely that one uh, and there was a port of, on the Game Advance of Super Mario Bros 2 which is the one where you pick stuff up and throw them which... That's, I'm reasonably confident I've never played that one uh, You don't really need to because that's the one where it was just a reskin of Doki Doki Panic which is not a Mario game but everyone yeah. knows that fact so yeah. <laughs> but no that's Interesting, because like, and um, I think I played a little bit of 3D World, like the Wii U one, at a friend's house. 3D World, I, it's like a hybrid, isn't it? Though, I suppose, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know if that's like a debate anywhere. <laughs> um, no, that's interesting, because like my first video game of all time was Super Mario Brothers 3 on the NES um, and then it's subsequently one of my favourite games of all time and so is Super Mario World on the SNES which is like another 2D um, so like I like both 2D and 3D Mario I just like Mario in general if that wasn't obvious but um it's interesting that you're like a, you're like almost like a like a newer fan. It's like it's kind of cool. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast network before, but like, so for context with my like, your first video game was Super Mario World. Uh, Bros. Three. So the NES. Bros. Three. Sorry. Yes. Uh, mine was Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. A <laughs> real-time strategy game based on the Age of Empires 2 engine. I remember But that. Star Wars. <laughs> like... I think I own it. I started very differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
But yeah, so I, I I'm sort of a little bit conflicted about this, and we have talked about this like before the recording a little bit that like there's a lot to love in Super Mario Wonder. Mm. I think the strongest thing it has going for it is its creativity. Mm-hmm. Like every level, especially when you get to the Wonder Seeds, has just a really interesting little thing about it, a little twist, a little, like calling it a gimmick makes it sound more like negative than I'm intending it to. Because there's always, there's something special about every level. Yeah. But I sometimes find that a little tiring. That like every level there's something new to get used to and have to like, you don't really get much of an opportunity to learn how the ins and outs of the thing that get introduced works until, and then you beat the level and then you're on to the next one. And so the, like, switching between those mental states of, like, okay, I now know how to deal with those, like, those mushroom, the, the, like, the mushroom enemies that are, like, really tall. Mm-hmm. That, like, you, you, you jump on them and then they fall over and then they knock other enemies over. At, as an example, those ones. Like, okay, I finally know how to handle them. And then they're not in the next level because the next level has something completely different. So in that way, I can't really play it for very long. I'll mm. play like maybe three levels and be like, I need to take a break. And I'll really enjoy what I've played, but I'll just be like, okay, this switching between all these things is now affecting my reaction time and making me play worse. Mm. So that is one of the reasons that I haven't actually played a significant part of the game yet. I I am really enjoying it, but maybe slightly less than most people. But that's I I think that's more a me problem. That's just like how I am. I, I don't think it's really the game's fault. Well, yeah, because I that's the reason why you're not liking it is the reason the main reason why I do. <laughs> um, there was like an era of what is called the new Super Mario Bros, which started with like a DS game and there hadn't been a 2D Mario for ages. So it, there was like hype and it was very good. Uh, and then there was loads of them and they were really, really boring. And it was just the same thing. It was just, look, it's like old Mario, but it, the graphics were slightly better. Uh, and... Uh- Oh yeah, there was that one I think on the 3DS where the gimmick was the co- you collect yeah. so many coins in this one. Yeah, which mean like when I say they weren't good, like a bad Mario game is still better than most. It, it, you know, there's it's there's like a line, <laughs> like it was just more of the same. Yeah, and it got really tedious and boring. So like the fact that there is something new and weird in like every stage when you get the wonder uh, it's not the wonder Seed. yeah um that's what i love about it because you're never bored and it was always like oh what's it going to be this time oh this is so silly what's it going to be in the next one um 
And also, I have a really bad attention span, so it actually kept me. It was like Mario ADHD, like kept me focused because I, um, sometimes with like repetitive games, I get really tired, and like it's why I can't play stuff like Diablo because I find them really, really boring because it's just the same thing over and over again. Whereas the fact this was like, oh, it's a weird thing now. Oh, what's this? Oh, you're turning into a blob. Oh, you're now a Goomba, and I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Um, I actually thought the game was too short. That's like my main gripe. Um, if I deliberately spaced it out because um, I wanted it to last a bit longer, but uh, in under 10 hours, it's done. And 10 hours for a full price game, although mine was a birthday present, so I didn't pay for it, I'll say that. But, you know, if I did, not too keen on that. Um, but no, I loved her. Have you, mm. like, because you finished it, but you haven't 100%ed it, yeah? Yeah, although I I could be wrong, but is is their ending any different if you do 100% it? Um, there are some bonus levels if you get, like, all uh. the purple coins and all of, and, like, get the flat, like, the top of the flag in every level. I do know that, that there are some bonus levels after that. And finishing all the uh, bonus levels unlocks you an extra badge. Okay. I might go do that um, afterwards then. Because I didn't find... Although we'll say, though, like, I had probably had an easier ride because I was doing it all in co-op. I have since mm. gone back and, like, done bits on my own. Um, so I find this one easier than a lot of other 2D Mario games. Uh but yeah, maybe I should try and one hundred percent it. Hmm. Because <laughs> uh, that that badge, like yeah. I I did, I don't even know how I found out about it, but I did. Do you know what the like the final badge of the game is? Well, I got a medal at the end. If that's what you mean. No, it's like it. It's like a one of those things you equip and then. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um. I don't know what the, is there like an ultimate one? Um, it one once you beat all the bonus levels, you get a badge that changes all of the sound effects in the game to like acapella versions, <laughs> oh. made with people's voices. Okay. And I I saw a little bit of footage, and it's it's very strange but in a very cool way Ooh. um have I... you ever played hidden folks no oh that's another dutch game actually um it's kind of a where's waldo style game or where's wally i guess we are europeans mm-hmm. um where you're supposed to find like specific people in a big crowd of buildings and other people and stuff and but there's like interactive elements there's like if you click on the waterfall it opens and there's a person behind it that you have to find you know and all of the sound effects in that game are just like mouth noises oh wow and it reminded me of that well yeah because oh, i can't spoil things um there is some like emphasis on like music elements in this that remind me of um, Rayman Legends 
Yeah, the the music levels in Rayman Legends. Yeah, which are some of my like, oh, like the is it Black Cherry? What's the Black Black Betty? That's it. That's it. That's it. That is like one of the coolest levels in video games ever. <laughs> it's yes, amazing. Hundred percent agree. Um, and like I feel like they were inspired by that, but they didn't ham into it very much. So I'm wondering if that badge is kind of like a bit more of that kind of thing. Because I definitely have a feeling there's going to be DLC for this. I just have an inkling. Because there could... I, I don't know. I want there to be. But also, I just... I feel like there was... Hmm. Not, like, it could be like a music world or something. Huh. <laughs> but no, that's cool. I'm going to have to try 100%ing it now. As long as it's not as hard as like 100%ing Mario with Sunshine, which is just evil. <laughs> <laughs> Do not recommend. <laughs> um, oh, what's your favorite? Um, what's your favorite badge? Right now, yeah. uh, ooh, that's a good question. I quite like uh, the like timed jumps one. Yeah, partially just because it reminds me of Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Because that's a thing you do in Odyssey as well. I ooh, I like the one where you can the the wall jumping one where you can jump onto the same wall once mm-hmm. before you have to jump off again. Those are probably my favorites. And like, I mean, I like the dolphin kick, but it's like the mandatory one for water levels so far. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's kind of cheating. Uh, I like the hat one where you can kind of just like glide and you're using a little. Oh hat. yeah. <laughs> It's so cute. Oh, and what about um, um, new? I don't. I want to say items. That's not the word. Power ups. Yeah. Why did I forget the actual branded word? That's very weird. Um, the new power ups are really cute. Um, and the bubble one is just the cutest thing ever. And I really hope that they bring out like actual Mario branded bubbles or something. <laughs> <laughs> or a little peach plushie in her little purple dress is so adorable. Um, I, I've struggled with the drill one occasionally, like not quite working the way I want it to. The elephant one as well, like it is sort of unfortunate that spraying water and sprinting are the same button. Yeah. So if you're trying to hold on to some water, but you want to sprint as well, first you have to spray water once, and then you start sprinting because you have to hold down the same button. But that's like a very minor thing. <laughs> uh, the bubble one, you can use the bubbles to like create very temporary platforms to your for yourself to like mm-hmm. jump off of. Yeah, which. That timing is quite hard to do, but it's so satisfying. It is. And, of course, you got, you know, Fire Flower. It's a Mario game. <laughs> uh, I think that's it as far as power. Like, I mean, there's the star, I guess. Yeah, I think usually they, like, they don't want to introduce too many. They kind of give you a cup, a few new ones, and then, like, yeah. add them to the, the repertoire. I I think I'm maybe accidentally stealing this from somewhere else, but <laughs> to sort of give you an impression of the, the way that, like, 
Mario Wonder like throws ideas at you to like wow you, which does work. Um, in one of the trailers, I think the announcement trailer, um, you had the like it showed off that one of the Wonder Seed events was that like piranha plants would start singing. Yeah. Uh, in as you go through the level, that's like the third level in the game. <laughs> yeah. And there's even wilder and cooler things for most of the rest of the game that I've played. There is. There's, like, there's bits where the stage, instead of, like, side-scrolling, you're, like, on the walking about on the wall. There's, like, where all the lights go out and you just see their little eyes. <laughs> and it's just, like, shadows. It's, ah. Uh, it was just my, my favorite one is probably... There's like I don't know if this is spoilers, but there's one that turns you into a Goomba, which oh I did the first. If there's only if there's more than one of those, I, I did the first one okay. of those recently. That's cool. Um, which isn't the first time it's happened because obviously in Od- Odyssey, um, there's you can you can take over a Goomba and there's lots of cute Goomba moments, but it's just like the stage is like these animal things trying to eat Goombas and then you finally become one and you're like oh no <laughs> and you have like, to hide behind trees it suddenly becomes a little bit of a stealth game yeah, and it's so cute because um, I was Princess Peach because she's my girl and I just had a tiny little crown <laughs> <laughs> so adorable I love stuff like that they're, they're, I bet there's like um, toys of Goombas with Princess Peach's crown and like the um, Nintendo World in New York right now or something. I'm, I'm going to find them. But I just... Oh, it's funny. I just thought it was so cute. Um, I just... I really enjoyed... I really enjoyed this. Although I will say I was... Like I said before, I was playing it all the way through with my partner. Which was easier and harder at the same time. Because <laughs> do you like bounce off each other in the air? No, so there's no collision, but um, someone someone's always got control of the camera. So say you're both in a level and one of you dies and then the camera control goes to the other person and there's like a little crown icon above their head. Um, and so like if they... It's like, I don't know if you were ever like played... Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 when you're younger and somebody was like no you be Tails where you can control Tails but sometimes they would just go really fast and you wouldn't get to do anything so there was a lot of moments where my partner would like run ahead and I would just keep dying because like that's what happened if you're out of frame Um, and then instead of Bubbles like New Super Mario Brothers we which had the co-op you're little ghosties Uh, (laughs) Which and you just have to kind of chase the person and then you get your life back, um, but I just kind of kept imagining like Luigi being like, "Oh hell no," <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was easier in that like if you're doing it with multiple people, if there's like the flower coins, you could strategically jump off the edge to your death, but get it and then just come back to life. Um, so, yeah. so there's a lot of sacrificing that can go on and you're essentially kind of getting an extra life um, because you can come back 
Um, but it, there was also a lot of don't you go here I want to do this forever you know <laughs> um, so there's a couple levels that I've encountered so far that I haven't been able to finish mm. there are these like searching levels I think that something along those lines oh yeah you have to find like the five flower coins and they're all hidden mm-hmm and the first one you encounter, it gives you a little tutorial of, like, if you're struggling to find all of them, maybe do it with a friend. Because there are mm. certain blocks that only certain characters can see, I think. If I'm not misunderstanding. I, I don't know if it's see. Or activate, like. I think you can do them on your own. Some of them are really like sneaky though um there's one I had we had all of them and it was obviously at this area because it was like the only area where you, we hadn't got one yet and it was you just had to push the pipe and it was there <laughs> and there's a couple there's like one where you have to push a pipe and jump and it's somewhere but obviously to find it you have to push it jump see if it's there and keep doing it so it's easier if someone because someone can push you while you keep jumping until it you've got the right one um but i like them because they make you think um i only used a guide for one of them like for one of the coins and one of the levels because i was just so frustrated so did you have you done anything with the online at all because i haven't no um, cause I was worried that it would just be like really difficult because you cannot tell the person not to fall off the edge. <laughs> well, there are things you can do that's like, I hate to use this comparison, but it's a little like Dark Souls, uh, <laughs> in the sense that you can like leave things behind for people but you don't like interact with them in any way. There's like these standees that can, mm -hmm. you can use to like leave behind checkpoints for other people who are playing online, like one-off checkpoints. Mm -hmm. uh, did you do any of that? Did you experience any of those? I didn't do online, but you could still like put them on the ground. So I just did that because it was fun. <laughs> okay. But I didn't specifically play an online um, game and do it that way, no. So there is one more thing I sort of wanted to discuss with regards to Super Mario Wonder. Mm -hmm. uh, a while back, I sent you a Wired article mm -hmm. that was an interview with Mouri Tezuka, mm -hmm. where I like that other things in this interview were covered, but the thing I sort of wanted to hone in on was one of the things that sets the development of Mario Wonder that makes it so unique is during pre-production, they were apparently just straight up not given a time limit. Mm -hmm. Like, do the pre-production stuff on Valve time. Finish when you're happy with it. Yeah. Um, and obviously that does, that, that sort of developing development strategy does mean that we haven't had a like a new uh, 2D Mario in a while because we've had some on Switch, but or at least one on Switch, but that was just like a port of the Wii U game, right? 
Yes, 3D World got ported, yep. Uh, we did get Bowser's Fury as yeah. sort of a 3D Mario thing, but that was separate. Um, but yeah, that does mean that we haven't had like a new 2D Mario in a very long time. Mm-hmm. But do you feel that even though the game was relatively short, that that paid off for them? Because this game is quite different. It introduces a lot of new things and it maybe like I don't know I haven't finished it yet obviously but do you think that if they added even like three more hours of gameplay that it maybe would have like worn out its welcome hmm I I think initially that I wouldn't trust someone from a massive company saying that they didn't have crunch uh because I, I just don't believe that for a second. <laughs> um, as much as I love Nintendo, uh, a massive studio like that is going to have it. And there's been people who have left and talked about issues with how they were treated. So I just, I would yes. like to believe that they were had more time to do what they wanted. But I just, I'm pessimistic. Uh, I would hope that that is true. Um, and uh, there's that funny phrase that's like, I want games to take twice as long with worse graphics. You know, yeah, like that. And, by people who are paid more. Yeah, and I totally stand by that. Because A, we have too many games to play. Uh, like, my back catalogue is ridiculous. Um, and I'm sure most people's are. There's, there's, there's just so many games right now. Uh, if I had to wait another five years to get another game like this I would be totally more than that I'd be totally fine with it um, if that is why it's short then yeah yeah, that's cool but I still think it could just be because I've played so many 2D Marios that if I, fight, I can breeze through these I can't play like what's Kaizo Mario those super hard fan made stages yeah. I cannot play them I'm not that good but maybe I just can uh, find these easier or not because I'm just used to the kind of mechanics for the past. Because I guess I literally haven't played them for th- three decades, which is terrifying. Um, yeah, if that is the reason why I feel it's short, then that's good in my books. But there was just, that was just, when I finished it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I just wish there was more. I just felt like. Because um, I was even suspecting, like, I don't think there's these many worlds. I think there's going to be something else. And then I was like, oh, no, there's, <laughs> you know, because sometimes something might appear in the sky and it'll be another world. And um, yeah, I have heard that, like, if you 100% it, that the average game time is like 20 hours. So maybe that's what I need to do to get that kind of fulfillment out of it. And if nothing else, like, the levels in Mario Wonder, when you're 100%ing them, there, there's a lot of, like, reward for replaying levels. Mm. If nothing else, then, if for no other reason, then finding all the little details and secrets in the levels yeah. is very fun. Yeah. I've started to do it a little bit, and it was like, oh, how did I miss this? And it's like, oh. Um, yeah. Maybe, like, 
that will change. I just think I was enjoying it so much that I was like, I want more, give me more. Um, but, you know, I, I would rather... I like that they tried something very new and interesting and creative and I don't think I'd actually want a sequel to this. I think I'd rather an Odyssey sequel, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I just didn't want it to end. Um, it was just... It's not like there's not new Mario games to play right now because Santa's bringing Super Mario um, RPG remake, <laughs> which I'm very hyped to play. But I just... I really enjoyed my time with this. Like... It just it felt a bit magical, um, just because it was like old Mario but doing cool creative things, and it's like I think also because I got it for my birthday, and it's like when I was little I wanted Mario games, and it's like oh it's like it's like me, it's like that thing you know but older and different. <laughs> <laughs> the there is one more thing I wanted to touch on something mm-hmm. that you mentioned previously about about that interview is. They were very specific in the interview to mention that the like unlimited time they had was only for pre-production. Oh, okay. So like that's when they were, you know, brainstorming ideas of like, mm-hmm. okay, is this something we can do? Is this something we can build a level around? Is this a mechanic we want to implement in the game? Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. And then once that phase had ended when game development started, then the next part I say is purely speculative. I want to make that clear. I imagine then it went into like normal video game development mode. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I hope if that is why it's so like creative and love and haha wonderful, then um cool. And I wish that other studios would do that and could do that. <laughs> Let let Game Freak oh. have that, please. Yeah, give them the budget, give them the time. I was, I am hoping that they like um, the Wonder Seeds kind of pop up in other Mario properties, because if the rumors that we have talked about before are true, and we got the next Switch, there's likely to be a new Mario Party. And all I could think about was, this mechanic would work really well in Mario Party, where things could be going great for your friends, and you're like, here, have a wonder seed that messes everything up, or changes everything dramatically. Like, you could set a whole Mario Party just in this world. That's so cool! I hadn't thought about that! Yeah. And I'm, like, really hoping that they are doing something with that, because it feels too good to not use... I think that's something that they do have to be very careful with, specifically in Mario Party, to, like, not make it the Mario Party equivalent of a blue shell, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's always just the worst feeling. <laughs> yeah. I understand why they're in the game, but you you get punished for playing well. <laughs> like, uh, I know, I know the pain of someone that's good at very few games, but okay at Mario Kart. <laughs> but yeah, I hope, I, yeah, I hope they do more with it. Or even, I think it's a very, very cool idea, yeah. Yeah, because like, even if it was just the mini games, 
Discord, it was like one of you, if you were playing online, one of you did the mini game, but you had to do it in like complete darkness, like when the stage goes dark, or you had to do it as a Goomba, or you had to do it as a Blob. Um, I think that'd be funny. And there could be like elephant themed mini games because they're they're, they're going to use the elephants again, I assume, because they're cute. <laughs> did you see that? Um, the little marketing short animation they did where Bowser was giving flowers to Peach. Yeah. And then she turns and she gets the um, elephant power up and then he gives her even more flowers. And I was like, that, yeah. that's the greatest thing. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, he knows what he likes. He does. He's a, He likes the plus size girlies. Mad respect, Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> uh. There is, now that you mentioned that about Mario Party, have you ever heard of a game called Drink More Glurp? <laughs> no, it sounds, that sounds like a Futurama thing. <laughs> uh, it's the, the, the sort of premise of it is aliens have observed Earth sporting events from afar and have sort of reverse engineered them. Oh, that's genius. And so they see, like, and this, whatchamacallit, is sponsored by Monster Energy Drink or <laughs> awful sports betting apps. Yeah. But in Drink More Glurp, you have, like, you know, you're playing as these little aliens, and you're doing, like, hurdles, or you're trying to, like, hit like one ball amongst a, like a group of balls just like jump into it and then once you do another ball lights up and you have to jump into that um but the sponsors of every event are randomized <laughs> and they change sort of how the event plays oh that's cool and sometimes that's in ways that's very good for you and sometimes it's in ways that's very bad for you <laughs> Uh, and at least that that difference is standardized among everyone who's participating but like sometimes you get to do the hurdles with like uh bombs falling out of the sky that if you like if they land behind you they're gonna launch you really far ahead and give you an amazing time <laughs> and sometimes the Hurdles are sponsored by the thing that gives everybody sticky feet, which makes it harder for them to jump the actual hurdles. Oh, that's genius. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen some people stream it. It's an absolute riot. I believe it's even on Switch. I oh. think that's how they're playing it. Uh, but yeah, that's what that reminded me of. And the Wonder Seeds can do something kind of similar to that in a Mario Party. Yeah. Where, like, you use a Wonder Seed and then, like, the minigame is different from the standard version, but for everybody in the minigame. Yeah. I dig it. <laughs> hey, Nintendo, hit me up. <laughs> Although you're probably uh, developing it already. Our, free, our for freelancing rates are very affordable, yep. I assure you. Yeah. I just need all the consoles you ever make for free forever. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, I am 
definitely enjoying Super Mario Wonder, and I have every intention to play more of it. It's mm-hmm. just taken me a little time for reasons that I have already gotten into. But I am glad to hear that it gets the stamp of approval from someone who has just way more experience with them than I do. Mm-hmm. That, like, even with this many 2D Mario games, there is still so much in specifically this one to just surprise and amaze you. Yeah. There was, um... There was a... So, like, the Game Awards are soon, and Mario Wonder is up for one. And uh, there was, like, a very stupid post online going around being like, that got nominated over Starfield and all these things. And it's like... Yeah, but it... It's because it's so it's so creative and innovative. I can't even say that because I'm a lisp. Um, it's just oh, I feel like there's that, that thing where you can, Mario games can sometimes go stale like I mentioned with the new Super Mario Brothers series but there's just the reason that Nintendo are so ahead of the, you know, so good at what they do is just because all that creativity, like one, oh, it's, just, it's just nice to see that even if it's like 3D with Odyssey, which I agree with you is like utterly fantastic. And then even when they go back and do 2D, there's just no failing them. They just keep keep releasing winners. It's like, it's just ace. <laughs> Love it. All they do is win. Yeah, it's just ace. Because I'm also a Sonic fan and there's like, you know, that 90s rivalry with like Mario versus Sonic. And yeah. like... <laughs> As much as I like, I really like Sonic. Like, I have lots of figures and things. Um, Sonic games don't have that same kind of like, like they're usually mixed, or I love them and someone hates them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just nice for like the Mario series just to be like, yeah, it's usually always pretty damn amazing, and even when it's not, it's still better than most things. So it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, like, nature of the experience is frequently very different, but the quality is consistently very, very good. Yeah, and you know you're just... Like you said, even a, like, medium 2D Mario is still better than most video games. Yeah, which, I mean, they have all the history and film and going for them, but it's just, it's just nice to see that they can still, all these years later, they can still go, hey, look at this cool thing, and just yeah. give everyone really lovely fun experiences just makes me happy as an old lady <laughs> and the uh the thing i wanted to also mention with regards to it compared to like the new super mario bros is something we haven't touched on mm-hmm. in this part in this episode is the art style oh yeah and how like like the new super mario bros games and then the like super mario 3d land and world they looked like all the characters in that, they looked like Mario characters, but they looked like Mario characters in the way that, like, they look like in marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like, platonic ideal of Mario. Yeah. And in this one, there there was a big change-up to make it a lot more, like, painterly. Yeah. Maybe little bits of, like, clay kind of things. Yeah, it's... There's some old-school Mario art that was in, like, the manuals for, like and stuff and it looks like they were trying to replicate the actual art style as well um, which just makes everything really cute 
and that changeup has also allowed it to look a lot more dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the like the three D world and the new Super Mario, it, like it looked good. It looked fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. But I don't know that it it felt a little more video game level and a little less world to yeah. me. You know, it wasn't as whimsical as it should be. Yes a great word for it <laughs> um and that's that's i think a, a a big thing that's working in the favor of wonder especially also the music oh, oh the music's really lovely it's so much fun <laughs> and i like you said i do like that there is a little bit of a emphasis on music like we, we've had the like music blocks before yeah. in other games that you like bounce off and you jump higher but I really like that, like, you have these long stretches of them in, like, the Wiggler races. Mm-hmm. And you get the, like, ascending notes that just adds a little bit of, like, oh, I'm almost at the finish line. <laughs> it gets you really excited to be like, oh, I'm almost there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's also uh, one thing that I, as someone who has very little experience with 2D Marios, was surprised to discover is... You know the like little twirl you can do in the air by pressing the bumpers? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot more useful than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah. Gets you that little bit extra air. Yeah. I I had never, like, I know that's that's been in previous games, and I think I've even played some of those, but, like, I I really underestimated how useful that would be, especially for, like, getting enough distance and air to get like at the top of the flagpole yeah because there's a way to do it in world which could be the first time that it was introduced i don't know that for sure off the top of my head um but it the fact that it's just mapped to a button really easily just it a lot of the times it did give me that extra push to get the um the wonderful, you know, to get the top of the flagpole. Yeah. It It is very interesting, like, sort of experiencing a lot of this in more depth than I pretty much ever have. <laughs> uh, learning all these things that to you are just totally ingrained in your muscle memory. <laughs> Because like you you like it part of it could be indeed like you said that you're playing it multiplayer but for me like there have been levels where I'm like there's one very early on I forget what it's called but the what like with the bulls yeah and then the wonder seed is where you get the huge like stampede mm-hmm. I had to try that level like I think like ten times oh. Because there was, like, one jump that I just couldn't get the timing of. And at a certain point, it's just like, yeah, there was a checkpoint. But at a certain point, I would just get so frustrated that I'm like, I need to go do something else for a little bit. (laughs) Um, And so I, you know, turned the game off, which meant that I then had to start the level over from the beginning. There, there, There were things there that I genuinely struggled with that I wouldn't be surprised you wouldn't have quite as much. Yeah, I mean there was hard ones. The the kind of lava area 
That's got some tough ones in it. And the last few ones are, some of them are a bit annoying. Um, but even when I was playing with my partner, and he has played a lot of Mario games, but it wasn't like his main, it wasn't like his childhood thing. He was he was more like a LucasArts and then a Halo guy. <laughs> um, classic wire guy. Um, so he didn't know how to pick things up. <laughs> and then I was like, because there's a bit where like, you have you can throw a Koopa shell like above your head, uh, and he didn't yeah. know how, he just kept hurting himself and didn't know how to like pick things up or run with something. And I was like, yeah, you can pick things up, Mario. Like, <laughs> I was like teaching him all the tips and tricks. That that is also something I had to learn how to do. To be honest, <laughs> like I knew intellectually that you could do it. Yeah, but I had never really done it in practice, and so getting used to like the the like the the distance you can get when mm-hmm. you throw something up in the air and stuff like that. But what's that co- was something I had to learn. Yeah. What's cool is um I mean this is true of 3D Mario. The more you like play them, you'll realize that like you'll get better at the next ones because they'll just be the similar mechanics but streamlined. So like I think when I picked up when Odyssey came out I think my partner was watching me play it and I was like doing like the wall kicky things and all sorts and he was like how do you already know how to do that and I was like oh, it's from Super Mario 64 <laughs> like that's where yeah. that's where it's from so like if you master early on they just kind of make the controls feel better um and that's what I like about it so th- the next time a 2D Mario comes out you'll probably be like like really good at it and that's one of the things I think that I enjoy most about video games is the like realizing that you have that moment of mechanical mastery yeah. of when I started playing this, I had no idea how to even do this. And now it's basically second nature. Yeah. Like this is a thing that in one of my favorite series, you see a lot in Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Like when I played Monster Hunter World, Monster Hunter World was not my first Monster Hunter. I played a couple of the 3DS ones. But World was on a system that had good controls. Um, yeah, D-pad, not super useful. Not not as good for camera controls. Mm-hmm. Sorry, 3DS. Um, and, like, going from World and finally being like, okay, I'm actually going to learn Insect Glaive now. Um, and then going to... Ro- like, I played World for, like, 400 hours. And then by the time Rise came out, like, there were so many things about Monster Hunter that I already just knew. That, like, even though a lot of the monsters are, mechanically speaking, just as hard as they are in World, I was just so much better at the game that, like, I was, even some of the early game monsters, like, I was just wiping the floor with Puke Puke on my first go. Which is like this weird, like poison frog kind of thing, but it has wings and has like a tail that can expand. It's really cool. <laughs> but like, I was wiping the floor with them on my first go, or as because I learned because I knew all their like animations and stuff already. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that I think makes video games so special. Yeah, it does. Because um, the the Bowser Jr. little like boss stages 
um, when we started them. And I was like, right, so you're probably going to have to like jump on his head three times because that's usually what happens. And then, oh, it was technically four times because you do it once and then he uses his wonder power. And then it's three times. And I was like, oh, ah, they're trying to, they're trying to like trip me up a bit. I see that. But it was just, it felt nice to share that, that kind of, no, I don't want to say expertise because I'm not that, but like nice to share that kind of the memories and the things I've learned with somebody who's not as like, no, doesn't know as much about the Mario series. It was just cool. Um, yeah, I do like that in the that that they even use the wonder stuff in those boss fights. Like, yeah, there's one Bowser Junior one I did recently where he uses the wonder power, and then there's just like splotches of water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the air. That one was and really you, cool. And then you could like you you jump into the water and then you swim through the water. Yeah. And then make sure you have the dolphin kick badge equipped for that one because if you don't, that gets really annoying. Uh, oh, I did. Like you can like jump through different from bubble to bubble mm-hmm. to like dodge his attacks and then like drop out of the water to jump on his head. Oh, that was so cool. Oh yeah, I love that one. And that's that's the kind of thing that you can do with those wonder seeds. And to reiterate again, that's why it would be a really cool addition for Mario Party as well. Yeah. But yeah, um, if you're if we are literally the only source for video game discourse you have, <laughs> uh, first off, good job. Yeah. Like, wow. What's it like to not be on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. What what a blissful life you must lead. Show us your way. <laughs> How do you do it? Uh, but yeah, it should come as no surprise even then that you should play this game. Mm-hmm. It is genuinely phenomenal, even as someone who is struggling with it a little more than most people are i would 100% recommend it to anybody who likes platformers basically and just likes good video games mhm yeah what a what a wonderful experience hey hey <laughs> all right uh did you have anything else you wanted to say about mario wonder no In that case, it has come to the time of the show where we're going to talk about what we're going to play in the near future between now and the next episode that may or may not show up on the actual episode. Uh, <laughs> Rosalie, what you got? Um, well, technically, I'm playing Dead by Daylight, which is on the Switch. But I won't be playing the Switch version because it's not got cross-platform progressness. Um, because the Chucky DLC just came out, and I really oh like yeah, that. I saw. Yeah, I really like horror movies, and I really love Chucky horror movies. Um, so technically, I'm playing that, uh, but I'm going to try and play some of the either the N64 games or. Um, the other NSO libraries. Maybe I'll try and play an actual Mario Party because Mario Party 3 got added. Um, 
but it's up in the air now. We we will sh we shall see. I'll be playing something. <laughs> and as for me, uh, well, I haven't finished Wonder Super Mario Wonder yet, mm. so probably that. Uh, depending on how long it takes for us to record our next episode, um, the second part of the Pokemon DLC is also coming out. Uh, sort of like. I think it's December 12th or 14th, somewhere around there. Mm. And I will definitely play that when it comes out. But we may have already recorded an episode before that. We'll see. Mm. But that's uh, what's on the docket for the future. Hey everyone, Hilke here. I just wanted to pop in and say thank you for listening to this episode of Focus. I've been staring at the editing timeline for this one for most of today. It's a little tedious, but hey, we do it because we love it, right? And uh, if you love it or like it or appreciate it or any other positive thing, uh, you can let us know by leaving us a review on iTunes. That is one of the main things that really helps us get noticed on there. Uh, we're also on Spotify where you can listen and subscribe and other podcast services probably as well. Uh, we also have a sister show called Game Podular Unfocused. Me and Scott, we mentioned it in this episode, talk about whatever video games we've been playing. For me, that's mostly Xbox games. <laughs> uh, we have a Twitter uh, and a website, gamepodular.com. There's updates, news, other content. Uh, there's links to all of our socials, including the Discord, which you can find at our link tree. If you want to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular patron on our Patreon. The details for both are on our website. Thank you very much if you would consider doing that. This episode was edited by me. It's, it's me, Hilka. And you can follow me at Gear12 underscore Turbo on Twitter, or more preferably at, at Gear12Turbo at kind.social on Mastodon. I was joined today by Rosalie, who you can find at at Lil Record Girl on Twitter. That's L-I-L Record Girl. Have a good one. Thank you.